In part two of our series on Arthur Shawcross, we pick up with him being released on parole, stemming from his manslaughter charges. And would you believe it? He's right back at his old ways. We'll discuss his next marriage and the numerous murders he committed in the late 80s. Finally, we'll discuss the police investigation, how they got smartened up to Shawcross, and what eventually became of old Artie. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought last week's bestiality was bad, stick around. We're going from sheep fucking to vagina eating tonight, and I ain't talking about cunnilingus. This is Necronomapod. start tonight's show by discussing pictures of Casey Anthony at Disney with that new dump truck caboose she's uh, sporting. <laughs> what say you? She's always had a, a pretty nice ass, but <laughs> it's legendary now. Hot damn. She looked real angry in the picture she that I saw. Look at, well, every person in there <laughs> snapping pictures of that caboose. She's, uh, did you see the video from the parking lot? No. She's flipping off the, the paparazzi or pressure sure she there. Is. yeah she's, she's quite pissed i mean i can't say i really feel bad for her but if they could just get more shots of her booty that would be better <laughs> that's, a, that's all we need to see yeah. that one article tmz posted a picture of her that was like um casey anthony looking at the children's clothes or something <laughs> yeah it, it was toys it was kids toys oh, kids toys yeah, yeah. oof can you imagine being in like the little gift shop and like you turn, like you bump into someone, you're like, oh, excuse me. And you look and it's her. It's like, what, I don't even know what, what I would do. What do you do? Well, I mean, not like us buffoons. Oh, I'm like us. A, a real person. That has, you know, <laughs> who thinks she's vile and awful. And be like, okay. <laughs> like, and quick selfie real quick. Not with her, with her, with her, with her ass. Yeah, of course. I get down on my knees. Squat down and, and yeah. boom. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get arrested. Just like, did you see that there was a, a Disney employee who just got arrested for taking like up, upskirt photos of women? No. Yeah. He was like going like, I, I think he worked at one of those gift shops and he got busted. Uh, That's a weird thing. I don't know how he was doing it or what, how he was getting away with it, but yeah, taking pictures up girl skirts. Very, and then once they caught him, they, he admitted to it. He's like, yeah, I've been doing yeah, it for it was years. Me. <laughs> you want to look at my slideshows? It's a very incel move, right? Yeah. Upskirt pictures. Yeah. Like that's I, I, your I, only opportunity to see a vagina perhaps. Right. Yeah. So it's an odd kink too. Like I feel okay kink shaming them because you know, you're violating people's privacies. Yeah. Like, it's illegal. And that's a weird thing. Like, <laughs> you know, you could just go online and Google like vagina. You'll be surprised what pops up. Really? What do you, what is the show? <laughs> Women in panties. <laughs> but no, you got to go get the, uh, the amateur stuff. There's mm. porn dedicated to that kind of stuff, though. Yeah, where you don't have to be the one taking the photos. Yeah, like everybody's consensual. You just don't. Mm. It's not the same, man. It's not the same. Yeah. If there's no felony involved, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if he was still employed when Casey Anthony showed up, he'd have been... Well, she was... All the pictures I saw, she had jeans on. Yeah. He ain't about that life. She's not a skirt kind of girl. She loves her uh, denim. 
Yeah. She's always in jeans. So I tried to get okay. some uh, Genesee cream ale tonight because we're talking about the Genesee River Killer. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I've never had it before. I don't love it. It's not good. No. <laughs> it's real cheap, right? Like Blatt's and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the last time I saw it, it was, I think. I don't, no one had it at all. Nobody. Take like a uh, a light beer that's not good, like maybe like a Bush Light or a Natty Light, and make 75% Bush Light and like 15% milk. And that's cream ale. <laughs> Yeah, what do they put in? What's the cream that makes it a cream ale? I don't I only, really know what that means. I had it once back in college, and I was like, this is gross. Like, it almost like coats your mouth like milk does. Mm. And you're like, this is not what I like want. Like a white Russian beer. Kind of, yeah. Ooh. And, like, I love white Russians, but that's when I'm drinking a white Russian, not yeah. fucking beer. Yeah. But I don't even like like, like milk stout beers. I don't no, enjoy those either. It's got that, like, creamy-ish. That's like all those gimmick Christmas ones and stuff like the gingerbread beers and stuff like that. I don't uh, like any of those. It's like a fucking meal. Yeah. It's just so heavy. And, and yeah, no, yeah. thank I you. I don't like those extra, like, like you said, gimmicky flavors added to it. I don't right. even, I'm not even a big like Christmas holiday beer fan, like that cinnamon I just don't care for. And then it's worse when like they put the cinnamon on the rim. Too much. And say, like, I don't want all that. That's what they do for. Uh, Christmas sale, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christmas sales, the, the local from Great Lakes Brewing here that everyone loves. And like, I can have maybe two of those a year. And then that's it. I'm like, eh, I'm done. Yeah. And uh, definitely not with uh, cinnamon on the rim. You max out on that shit real quick. I usually just drink it out of the bottle because I don't want a whole pint of it. Just give me the 12 ounce. Yeah. That's enough of that. They have plenty of other good, delicious beers. I don't need to waste on that. What's the other one, people? 12 Dogs? Is that the 12 12- is it 12 dogs that Christmas right. ale that are Christmas beer uh, that everyone thirsty dogs. Thirsty dog. But it's isn't that's it called what they call 12 them, dogs. Right? I think is the name. 12 of dogs of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone likes that one. That's better, better than Great Lakes, right? From what I remember. I just know I don't care for any of them just because I don't like that holiday cinnamon flavor that everyone uses. It always tastes different every year. Like sometimes it's a little more muted and it's a, it's a little more tolerable. You talking about the Great Lakes or all any? Of I them? think all of them. The recipe differs year to year. Definitely Great Lakes. You can taste more, much different year over year. There are some years where it has like a strong spice, and other years where it is mild. But I wonder if that's even batch to batch. Maybe it is every be, year. It's yeah. inconsistent, and we don't drink it enough to know. No. I just want some beer, like beer flavored beer. That's an idea. Cool. <laughs> it it is. Beer. Can someone get on beer. there? <laughs> What's that one um, wintertime Great Lakes one? The uh, It's a dark beer. Super high ABV on it. Mm. I don't know. That's the one where I drank a four pack of it. <laughs> and I woke up in the morning and my debit card was out and stuff. <laughs> like, Winter fits? Maybe. Or is it like blackout something? My debit card was out. <laughs> I'm looking winter ale. I don't know. They could have changed the name though. Yeah. Um, they're the Nosferatu. That one will knock you on your ass. Yeah. That's their holiday or a Halloween. That when they sell beers only in four packs, you know that that alcohol content's going to be up right. there, especially when you're paying like twenty five dollars for a four pack. Exactly. Because that's all you're going to need that night. Yeah, I drank four of those guys and woke up in the morning. My wallet was out. My debit card was out. I'm like, oh shit! I must have bought something last night. <laughs> When was this? Long time Yesterday. ago. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he bought yet. Amazon's been It'll be here night tomorrow all day. <laughs> you're you're a fun guy when you're drunk. You have the best stories. Yeah, I do all kind of shit. Because you're either sober 
or eating sponges. <laughs> There's no in between for you. Yeah, no. He's like, yeah. or or he's <laughs> he's drinking at wrestling shows and forgets that it's it's a work and gets all fired up and pissed. Super wasted for that too. Or forget it's two out of three falls and someone gets pinned first and he's like, what? No, like, dude, it's two out of three falls. Relax. <laughs> That's the best. I love that. Um. Oh, real quick off the top two, uh, we got stickers, right? Yeah, stickers back up on the website, available for sale to you. You get stickers, and you get stickers, and you get stickers. And we get paid, and we get paid, and we get paid. Uh, Necronompod.com, right? Oh, yeah. Individually sold or in a three-pack. That's exactly right. Just like we did last time. We have a lot of people ask for stickers. That's a big thing. I guess. I never would have thought. I wouldn't either, but you asked, we delivered. So Declan's been busy uh, sending those out all week. Uh, he has to hand print each and every one of them. <laughs> That's right. Cut them out, too. Cut them out and add, like, the... the uh, Adhesive to the back of them. He does all that by hand. How long has he been an intern? It's been a while. Interns are usually temporary, right? When you're working for free, like how's the guy going to? You would think he'd have figured it out and moved <laughs> on. But it's like free free he labor. Ain't leaving and we ain't asking. <laughs> I don't remember when we hired him. He's not important enough to remember his hire date. What are we going to do? Throw him a little party? <laughs> you saw what happened when I took him to a strip club last week. A little premature action. Yeah, his own sister. <laughs> Well, since we can't drink the Genesee River killer, <laughs> maybe we should talk about him. Where we left off on part one, Arthur Shawcross had been paroled after serving 15 of 25 years that he was sentenced to for the rape and murders of 11-year-old Jack Blake and 9-year-old Karen Hill. Arthur was given that absurd plea deal of first-degree manslaughter in return for Jack Blake's body. Robert Kent was the only parole board member that disagreed with Arthur's release, saying that Arthur was the most dangerous individual to ever be released into the community. I've been thinking about this all week, how it's even possible that they let this fucking clown out of prison. He should have been executed. Yeah, 100%. At least sentenced to death. It's really hard to wrap your head around. But it all goes back to the manslaughter. That wasn't even an option. Yeah. What do you do, though, in that case where... You know, you want to give the family closure on the kid, but the only way he'll tell you where his body's at for, is for a deal like that. Do you have to make the deal? I wouldn't. If I was the DA, I would say, I'm sorry. I know you want to know where your kid is, but yeah. maybe that. he'll confess later, but he needs to be behind bars for the rest of his life. Yeah. At least that, maybe that use that as the bargaining chip is, I'm not going to go after the death penalty, but I'll let you live behind bars Maybe you have the chance of parole one day, you know, just dangle that, but still go for that, yeah. that highest charge you you could do. Yeah, maybe they move too quickly on that. But still, hard to believe they let him out early. He could have yeah. done at least let him do that. The, like, the huh? 25, yeah, but like, nope, let's let him out even earlier. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I don't understand how you would be a parole board member and, and look at what he did already. And then be like, yep, this is good. I'm good with this. Yeah. Robert Kent wasn't about that life. <laughs> He's like, am I the only rational person here? What is going on? Yeah, you can put yourself in his shoes, too. You're sitting in that room with the parole board, and he's got to be going crazy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Did we say anything about, our, did we talk last week about how many people were on the parole board? No, I'm not sure yeah, the actual number. Know that too. Like, What if it was just three people, and he's just like, fuckos, yeah. come on. Stop. You're yeah. crazy. 
the New York State Parole Board first assigned Arthur to live in Binghamton. And as you could imagine, people who lived in Binghamton weren't thrilled with Arthur moving in. Tensions rose until one day Arthur allegedly asked a kid to go fishing. That night, people in the neighborhood forced Arthur out of the neighborhood, like straight up, like Frankenstein style, like torch. Yeah. yeah, crowded around his house. Like, you need to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame him. Years ago, we had a convicted sex offender move in our neighborhood, and the whole neighborhood, like, protested out in front of his house and stuff, and he didn't last there very long. I don't know what the answer is. He got to go somewhere, but, you know, not a neighborhood full of kids, pal. Yeah, no. Even though Arthur was ran out of Binghamton, he had no issue finding his fourth wife, Rose Marie Wally, and she traveled around with Arthur until he found a home in Rochester. Rose met Arthur through a pen pal program and divorced her husband for Arthur as soon as he was paroled, which what is the turn on for her? Like you meet him as a pen pal. Oh, Hey, what are you locked up for? Oh, I murdered. Yeah. I raped and murdered a couple little kids. Yeah. Sweet. I'm leaving my husband. (laughs) What baffles me is in doing this show, learning all of these different people that have like fell in love and met through like this pen pal program or like fell in love with, with these guys when they're, when they're sentenced, I think it'd be really interesting to do a show on some of those stories to like figure out like what, how did this yeah. happen? What's the mindset behind that? What's like, are these girls that are just like into bad boys? They like that thrill, that excitement was their past trauma in their life that draws them to this. Like that's, that's fascinating. Like how many, how often this seems to happen. There's a specific mental illness associated with that. It has its own, it has mm. its name. I can't remember off the top of my Pen-palism. head. Yeah. Because <laughs> we call it penpalism. We just talked about that a couple of weeks ago with Dorothea Puente. She met that one guy through yeah. the pen pal. Yeah, it happens program. both ways. And like this lady just yeah. like uprooting her life, leaving her husband for this guy. And I don't understand what the attraction would be here. Yeah, it's like the whole bad boy thing, you know, times a hundred on some sort of crazy level. I think that and like the people who, who end up joining cults are the two that I'm most fascinated by. It's kind of trying, trying to understand the psyche behind some of those. Hmm. What's worse having Mike hollow out your wife's private part. So it's like a hot dog down a hallway (laughs) or having your wife leave you for a, a guy that just got out of the prison for raping and killing nine-year-olds, <laughs> I think it's which obvious. is a worse punt to your uh, psyche. <laughs> to be clear, it's usually the husband contacting me. They're willing participants. <laughs> They're in the corner beaten off as their wife gets hollowed out. <laughs> like a fucking jack-o'-lantern pal. <laughs> Scooping out those innards. <laughs> After Binghamton... Rose and Arthur moved multiple times, and each time people in the neighborhood forced them out. Once Rochester got their turn to house Arthur, the parole board found a loophole. Because Arthur was convicted of manslaughter, the parole board didn't realize that they didn't have to actually disclose what Arthur did. He wasn't on any type of sex offender list or anything like that. So no one in Rochester was informed that a child murderer had moved into their neighborhood, and the parole board didn't have a headache anymore of, Trying to figure out where to put Arthur. You fucking this believe parole that board shit? is just what is happening up there with this parole board? Is that still 
a law. Like if you're a child, I know for, for sex offenders, but for a child murderer that everyone gets notified or is it just like a murderer in general or is that not something around? You just never hear about it. If you're on the sex offender registry, right. definitely. But as but far as not, killing a kid, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Not just killing a kid, raping and killing a kid and mutilating them. Yeah, and this is pre-sex offender registry stuff, I would imagine, right? Or, I would imagine. But I guess he wasn't early charged. 80s. Was he charged with it? He was just manslaughter, yeah, right? Yeah. So even if it was around, they'd be like, oh, loophole. But the parole board's supposed to work for the citizens of New York. They're not supposed to be finding fucking loopholes <laughs> so they can dump people in Rochester. Listen, pal. I'm trying to clock out at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Jesus. It's very egregious. Arthur ended up getting a job at a produce store where he told them that the reason for his manslaughter sentence was because he murdered a drunk driver who had hit and killed his wife. Someone uh, listening, keep a tally of the excuses he has throughout this episode. Yeah. We're, we're probably reached double digits mm. or take a drink every time he comes up with an excuse. It didn't take long for Arthur to get weird. He started to sexually harass one of his coworkers, a woman named Loretta Neal. But instead of getting in trouble, this led to a relationship for Arthur. He got in trouble at work, but the sexual harassment led to a relationship with Loretta's mother, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use it when you can in this episode because I don't think we're gonna be able to use it again. This is another like an old woman. Yeah, for real, an (laughs) old woman. Like a senior citizen, old woman. (laughs) They show her in the documentary. He's not an ageist. I don't understand what the attraction here. It what what it is here either. (laughs) I don't know, man. This whole story is really bizarre. Like her daughter Linda, um, or sorry, Loretta. Loretta. Like when Arthur was over the house, he would like start grabbing at her private areas and stuff. And Clara would just laugh about it and think it's hilarious. How old was Loretta then? Like, so she was like a fully grown adult. Yeah. Her mom was like a senior. Citizen. But there was other kids in the house too. She just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> the longer that goes on, the more awkward it gets. Like it just goes on and on and on. <laughs> And all those people are dead now. So think about that. (laughs) At first, their relationship started with Arthur calling Clara. Whenever Arthur would get physically abusive towards Rose, he would call Clara but act like he was the one being abused. Then he would go over to Clara's and she would hold him while he cried. As their relationship progressed, Clara gave Arthur full access to her blue Dodge Omni. Arthur would cruise around in her car and get closer and closer to Rochester's red light district until he became a regular to the sex workers. They all knew him as Mitch. Oh, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. He was weird, and all he ever wanted to do was 69, but he paid with no issues until March 18th, 1988. 69, dudes! Who's that from? Bill and Ted. (laughs) That's what I thought, but I was like, I don't remember that part. Just what I want to do with a sex worker that took 10 loads that day, 69. Well, he probably was doing it the proper way and eating the cream pies out of them as God (laughs) intended. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) She gets on top and it just starts oozing out like right under your face. Stop, stop, stop. (laughs) You're like, get off me, get off me. (laughs) He's going to get sick. 
Oh. Oh, mixed with yeast. It's pouring out. <laughs> like in a movie, it's like slow motion, like the drops coming. <laughs> it's just I'm going to throw up on this, on this board one of these days, and you're going to be sorry. Right between the eyes, it's just like, bloop. <laughs> Limp dick. <laughs> Immediately. It's a wild thing to want to do. It, it, it's something. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. It's something. I'm sure he was using a dental dam or other proper protection. though. To... Yeah, right. Do, do we know that that's what he was doing or that's what he said? No, that's what he was doing. He was requesting that. Yeah, because all the... 69, dudes! <laughs> Yeah, although there were a lot of sex workers that ended up. They're like, oh, yeah, that's what he wanted. Yeah, customers of his because they all knew him as Mitch. All, that's all he wanted to do was 69. <laughs> Dave's very grossed out by 69. <laughs> I prefer 68 myself. You blow me and I owe you one. <laughs> it's the oldest joke in the world, but that still makes me laugh. <laughs> On March 18th. 1989, Arthur picked up 27-year-old Dorothy Blackburn. They agreed on $30 to 69 and one... <laughs> shaking your head. <laughs> $30, good lord. And once they were doing it, Arthur said that she bit his penis hard enough to draw blood. Take a drink. Arthur bit her back and tore off part of her vagina. Maybe she just had braces or something. Come on, Artie. Maybe she didn't mean to, dickhead. She's just very toothy with her blowjobs. Happens. Although she's a professional. I was going to say, she should, should know she better. Should be better. Yeah. Oh, that makes me queasy. Just thinking about like catching a tooth and then there's blood involved. Oh. And, well, then he bit off a solid chunk of her vagina. Well, let's be honest. She didn't do that. He's lying. <laughs> well, and yeah. then he decided to eat <laughs> her, like, eat, yeah. eat sure. her vagina. Not in a good way. Not in the way Mike the Bull does it. <laughs> he grabbed Dor- he grabbed Dorothy by the throat and choked her unconscious, then drove to a spot that he liked to fish at. When Dorothy came to, he told her that he was going to rape her, to which Dorothy laughed at him. Was that guy at the end coughing or laughing? He laughed too much. He started choking himself. He was coughing. Well, back then they were all smoking too, yeah. right? Like Camel unfilters in the studio audience. <laughs> that's interesting. She laughed at him. Maybe if, just, if she did, I don't know. That's, this is what he said. Yeah. This is his version of events. Yeah, it's hard and, to. And if she did, he's kind of a regular with these prostitutes. They all know him. She's probably been with him before. Thinks he's just joking, like, ha ha, funny, yeah. funny, arty. But this is after he ripped into her vagina, though, right? Like, that's true. That's just, maybe she didn't, though. I forgot this is his side of things. So, yeah. again, she's provoking him, probably, is what he's going for. In a rage, Arthur strangled Dorothy to death and then just sat in the car with her body for about three hours. Who knows what he was doing? He never went into details. But when he was done, Arthur threw her body in the Genesee River. City employees found Dorothy's body nine days later while they were doing a maintenance job. Her body was face down, covered with a layer of silt and up against a piece of concrete. In the time Arthur sat with Dorothy's body in the car, he put her clothes back on her 
because she was found in a t-shirt that was slightly pulled up, a zip-up hoodie that wasn't zipped, jeans, and her shoes. Tennis shoes were on. It's weird that he redressed her. It's different. Why? I don't know. Just so we didn't have to get rid of her clothes? No, I don't think that was an issue because uh, after this murder, he starts dumping off their clothes in Salvation Army bins. Which is smart. Maybe he learned from this one. On July 9th, Arthur picked up 28-year-old Anna Marie Steffen. Like Dorothy Blackburn, they agreed to a price on 69ing and went to a field area next to a construction site. According to Arthur, while they were 69ing, someone came walking through the field. He grabbed Anna and told her to be quiet, but she got scared and threatened to scream. Arthur said that he just grabbed her throat and started to squeeze until she stopped fighting. This field was on the edge of a large hill, and Arthur said that he just pushed her over the hill, and she stopped rolling behind a bush. Mm. Two months later, a guy collecting litter saw a leg bone sticking out of that bush, and when he got closer, he saw that it was connected to a fully clothed skeleton. A forensic anthropologist ended up doing a facial reconstruction image that was so good that Anna's father saw it on the news and was able to identify her. Isn't that amazing? Mm Mm-hmm. That happens frequently, too, that the reconstructed face is spot on to what right. the person actually looked like. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Doesn't he have anywhere else to go? You know, 69 in a field at a construction site? I, weird. I, that's how it works, though, Is that right? how it works? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I guess you just go wherever you can. Yeah. I guess. You're not fucking just, in at Plymouth Omni or I at assume, Dodge Omni. Yeah, you go to like those hourly rate motels, right? If you can't afford that, you go to a field, I guess. They're like in an alley or behind a building or something. I, I guess it's, yeah. if you want to get blown, but like the whole 69 thing's weird. You're just laying down like in an like alley. Like in a field or yeah, in an alley. That's a rich man's game when you have a, a home to go to in 69. <laughs> you can't do that when you uh, don't have anywhere to go. You're not 69 material, <laughs> Artie Shawcross. On July 29th, Arthur killed the first person close to him. That was 59-year-old Dorothy Keeler. Dorothy was homeless, and Arthur had met her when she was working as a waitress at a diner that he went to all the time. Arthur started paying Dorothy to clean his apartment, and eventually that turned into them having an affair. On July 29th, Arthur was on his way to the river to fish, when he stopped by to talk to Dorothy. When she found out where he was going, she asked if he would take her with him. What do you fish for in the Genesee River? Any idea? I don't know. It's curious. Perch. Perch? I'm just making that up. I <laughs> Snails also. Snails. Big snail river. Perch are lake fish, aren't they? I believe so. Right. Does Genesee River flow into a great lake, though? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say they fish for trout in the Genesee River. Final answer. I have no idea. Okay. Someone will let us know. Probably. What are you guys, fucking idiots? (laughs) Don't you know your Rochester history and (laughs) geographical information? No, we fucking don't. (laughs) Isn't Rochester the place that has those garbage bowls? Garbage plates, yeah. Yeah. Garbage plates is that, what, and it's just a bunch of shit like yeah. hangover food. Three in the morning, drunk, bunch of drunk shit. food. Have you heard of these? Mm-mm. I only know them from a local radio show. Had talked about them once years mm-hmm. ago. 
It's like French fries, like whatever shit they just throw on there. I think they even actually scoop it in the trash at some points, too. And they're like, oh, this guy's fucking hammered. He won't know. That's Ian Namapod. Throw, throw some beer tabs in that. He'll, he won't know. <laughs> some beer tabs. They, they, they tell you it's cheese. They're shredding a sponge right on top of your, your plate. He's like, yeah, can I get extra? Can I get extra? It sounds good. I've never actually had one. Yeah. Oh, it sounds delicious. Like, I'm not making fun of it, but. We'll have to get one sometime. Next time we're in Rochester. Yeah, next time I'm up there. <laughs> Be sure to get one of those. According to Arthur, they spent the morning fishing and having sex until around 3 p.m. when it started to rain. Do you know if they were 69ing? Uh, probably. Okay. Just want to make sure. Maybe some. He said his exact words were making love. So oh, a little different. They got under some trees to stay out of the rain, and according to Arthur, uh, Dorothy tried to take money out of his wallet. This led to an argument about the money and about his relationships with Clara and Rose. Arthur said that when she threatened to tell the other women about their affair, he picked up a small log and hit her in the side of the head, killing her instantly. After hiding Dorothy's body under a fallen tree, Arthur went home. Later on, he told police that he returned to the spot several months later and removed Dorothy's skull and threw it in the river. Three fishermen ended up finding her remains three months later. Her skeleton was in the fetal position wearing jeans that had been pulled down halfway. Ugh. He was talking about removing her head in that documentary. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, how did you remove it? He's like, I just pulled it. Wow. Came off. So I guess in three, three months, are you just down? Like, do you just uh, decompose to straight bone by then? Depends on I think that seems quick, kind of, but I guess if it's animals, in the right conditions, weather. yeah. This is also in July, so it's hot. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure your head would just come right off. But I mean, like, even like they said, they just found a, her her skeleton was in the fetal position. That's uh, like if know, there's animals there, yeah, sure. I'm no, sure I guess possible. it's possible. Yeah. Just all Ian's buddies, those fucking raccoons, man. <laughs> Bloodthirsty little de demons. When they run out of garbage plates, they go <laughs> find the bodies. Oh, man. On September 29th, 1989, Arthur picked up 25-year-old Patricia Ives at the same diner where Dorothy Keller worked. Arthur said that they agreed on $25 to $69 and then went to a construction site that was behind the local YMCA. Another construction site. It's, it's probably a easy place, I yeah, guess. No one's out there at night. He's all about it. Again, Arthur claimed that in the act of 69ing, Patricia tried to steal his wallet. He's not eating the pussy very well if she's uh, busy stealing money from him during the act, right? Well, I'm assuming she's not doing that at all. And so everyone take a drink because that's excuse number, <laughs> what, three or four now? <laughs> Can you imagine? He's so bad at it. She's like, she's upcharging him as they're going through. She's like, oh, that's going to be another $10 add-on. <laughs> surcharge she's already. like that's not my clit that's my butthole please get your tongue out <laughs> in a rage arthur anally raped her and strangled her to death arthur put her body up against a fence and covered her with a large board about a week later some kids were playing baseball and one hit the ball over the fence of that construction site one of the boys climbed the fence and discovered patricia's remains she was found face up wearing pants with a sweater and no underwear and the rest of these are fast. Like Arthur picks He's moving. Up. Yeah. Clip here. 
Which is common, right? Like once you, I mean, clearly he's probably feeling invisible. He killed and raped and assaulted two kids, got manslaughter, got out. He's probably like, oh, I can get away with all this now. I'll just stay away from kids. Very emboldened. Yeah. And, you know, picking the the population that typically you would get away with That's it, right? right. With the, right. The, the sex workers. You hear it time and time again. On October 23rd, 1989, June Stotts was someone that Arthur and Rose both knew, and she would regularly come to their apartment. She wasn't a sex worker. Uh, June was sometimes homeless, and she suffered from unmedicated schizophrenia. According to Arthur, he had seen June sitting on a park bench, and he asked her to take a ride with him. Arthur took her to a beach on the Genesee River, and he said that they had sex. At some point, Arthur said that he made a joke about June not being a virgin, and she started screaming at him. Arthur said that he put his hand over her mouth to keep her quiet, but he ended up suffocating June. Mm. Everyone take a drink. Arthur took off June's clothes and hid her body in some bushes. He threw her clothes in the river and then had sex with June's corpse. In total, Arthur said that he spent about three hours with June's body that first day. Is this the first time with the necrophilia? I, I doubt it. First time he admits it? Yeah. He doesn't seem like a guy that would admit to the necrophilia. Didn't he do some necrophilia with the, the girl after she was dead? Uh, he mutilated her he didn't. privates, but I don't know. Mm. About a week later, Arthur came back to June's body. Using a pocket knife, Arthur cut from June's throat to her crotch, exactly how you would do if you were gutting a deer. Then Arthur cut out her vagina and ate it. When he was, <coughs> I, and that's still fairly warm, sitting in the sun for a week, you know. I, you're gonna make Dave throw. Up. <laughs> We're gonna get Dave to throw up this episode. You just might. I can't even imagine, man. I gotta hold my hand over my mouth here for a little bit. I want to pay a sex worker to get cream pied and then come sixty nine days. <laughs> Are you insane? It'll be Declan, Declan's cream pie. <laughs> Are you insane, sir? Mm. You'll be all right? Yeah, I'm going to try to make a point here. Right, can you... <laughs> his hand is over his mouth, folks. That's why it sounds muffled. Like, I can't even imagine eating a steak. Yes. <laughs> That sat out in the sun like this for I mean, a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even a full day. Mm. Probably nice and tough and leathery, oh right, Dave? <sighs> well, then. And you got to like... imagine he probably missed a few hairs. So <laughs> feeling that on your tongue. <laughs> You're getting like to the. Starts getting a little liquid. You guys are. <laughs> you guys are killing me. <sighs> when he was done, Arthur threw some old carpet that he found nearby over June's body and left. A guy walking his dog found June's body on November 25th. When you die, your blood pools. So if you die on your back and you're laying there for a while, your blood will pool to your back and the skin will get really blue in that area. We talked about that on another case called lividity. Um, your heart starts stops pumping your blood, right? So it just right. kind of... And eventually, and it just settles. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Gravity. I was going to say gravity. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what a novel concept. June's body was found facing up 
but police noticed that her blood also settled at the front, and that was their first big clue. June had to have been placed face down for her blood to pull to the front, so police knew that the killer came back and moved June's body. Necronomapod is sponsored by BetterHelp. When was the last time you learned something new about yourself? What was that like? How did it make you feel? As people, we're constantly evolving and bettering ourselves, so you shouldn't be surprised when you learn something new. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Perhaps this means professionally, spiritually, mentally, or even just educating ourselves and becoming smarter. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or act the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. BetterHelp therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy a great way to discover more about who you are and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. So why wait any longer? Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash necro. So a garbage plate, at least the one that I'm looking at, I, that I found from a place called Jimmy Z's, which is at SUNY Brockport, just outside of Rochester. All right. So all comes in a takeout container and it's a ton. It's filled like, to the point where like the container is almost breaking. Two bunless cheeseburger patties slathered in a mysterious oily meat sauce (laughs) topped with raw onions, ketchup, and mustard nestled lovingly on top of a pile of home fries and macaroni salad. It does not sound as awesome as I was hoping. That's it, huh? But I would, at least at Jimmy Z's, but I would eat that. I don't love macaroni salad. I like macaroni salad. And like, I feel like mixed with all that hot food. To just eat like cold macaroni salad in that. Mm. Also that oily meat sauce. Now as a guy who loves like chili dog sauce, I probably would like it. But the term oily makes my stomach. Yeah, oily is not good. No. Like when you can see like the oil just like sitting mm. there. All right, that one doesn't sound good. There's got to be better variations. In I'm that. sure there are. And the picture looks all right. I think I want fries instead of. Oh, the, the other thing with it is it comes with two sides. Hmm. Um, so like, like if you look at this photo here, it looks like there's like baked beans on it too. Like that, this photo looks okay. Baked beans. There's like the chili dog sauce, the hash browns or the home. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I'd eat that. I mean, it's a garbage plate for sure. That's garbage. (laughs) There's no, and maybe that's why they only sell them at like two and 3am, right? (laughs) Like at noon, you're not eating that for lunch. Like, uh, I'm going to get a light lunch today. Give me a garbage plate. (laughs) But make it a small. (laughs) And you spend the rest of your day on the toilet. June Stotts was killed on October 23rd. They found her body on November 25th. In between that time, before they caught their break in the case, on November 5th, 1989, Arthur picked up 22-year-old Maria Welch. 
Arthur said that he met Maria while she was sitting on a bench, and the two of them got into an argument about how much she was charging for sex. Arthur thought that it was too much money. Oh, did he? (laughs) Take a drink. They finally came to an agreement, but again, Arthur said that she tried to steal his wallet. Take a drink. (laughs) And at that point, he strangled her to death. There's another version where Arthur said that he killed her because they did the 69ing, and during that, he found out that she was menstruating. Take a drink. Also, I believe the correct term is they did a 69. Oh, okay. 69, dudes! (laughs) Afterwards, Arthur left her body hidden in some bushes. Dave menstruating. (laughs) Arthur wasn't about getting his red wings at this time. He, uh... I'm not fond of that. It's like strawberries and cream, right? Just oh, yeah. Menstruating with heard, cream Mike. pie. Sure, yeah. Mm. Mm. Does Ben and Jerry's not make a strawberries and cream ice cream, Dave? Because <laughs> next time you eat it, I want you to think of that. I don't know why he was not so upset about that. that. Seems like it's right up his alley, right? I mean, he cut out like, the vagina blood. of a decaying woman and <laughs> yeah, ate that. Exactly. What is this discharge? <laughs> but it's an excuse. It's not real. It's yeah. just something he's making I up agree. It's to try real. to... You know, oh, well, I had every right, officer. She didn't tell me she was menstruating when she sat on my face. Asshole. Still in between the time frame of June's body being found, on November 11th, 1989, Arthur picked up 22-year-old Francis Brown. Arthur claimed that he killed Francis with his penis during the whole 69 thing. Like, he wouldn't... What, what, what? (laughs) He wouldn't let her head up. Um, Really? Take a drink. Arthur is said to have had a like a weirdly large penis really yeah who said he said doctors said like that's been confirmed he has a very oddly large penis so interesting not like old egg dick epstein it's it sounded like it was weird shaped though like weirdly holla, holla. <laughs> <laughs> like large but very just weird. like ja rule brother <laughs> Does Ja Rule have a weird shaped penis? Is that something I missed? A large penis. I just assume oh. my man Ja Rule's. He's got big dick energy. In. He's oh, got yeah. big dick energy. He fucking in the backseat of the Yukon. Oh, right. You can't do that unless you have a big dick. That's it's right. the law. It should be, at least. <laughs> I'm a sheriff of a town. That's a law. Fucking in the Yukon. I'm going to see that dick. Your penis is not big enough to fuck in the backseat of the Yukon. The energy you're giving me right now. <laughs> You can't do it feet to shoulder, sir. It's not consistent with someone who has a huge dick. I'm going to usually get out here, put your hands on the hood, pull down your pants, and whip that dick out. Barney, get my tape measure. Barney Fife. Limp dick. In this fantasy, Barney Fife's my assistant because I'm sheriff of a town. That's quite a penis, Jaru. <laughs> look at that penis, Andy. I measure I just look at him with disgust. I'm like... You're free to go. I've never seen a penis that big, Sheriff Andy. <laughs> he, he works for me. He still calls me Andy. <laughs> like, no, this is Mike Namapod. <laughs> that thing's below his knee. <laughs> after, uh, after. We don't actually believe that he killed her with his penis. I don't think so. I guess it's possible. possible. Yeah, but I don't think so. Mm. I'm going to call myself skeptical at this point. That's fair. After she was dead, Arthur said that he, quote, French kissed and used her body to stay warm, then just rolled it off a cliff, which 
Cliff, he always says cliff. It's just like a big hill, like mm. a drop off. It's not like he's not like on the side of a fucking mountain. A fisherman found her body only a few days later. He saw the body first from about 40 feet down the hill um, leading down to the river. Maria was naked except for a pair of white go-go boots, and she was partially covered with uprooted grass and a bunch of sticks. Mm. Hey, real quick, we have a, a someone calling in eyewitness account of how big uh, Artie's penis is. Uh, go ahead, caller. <laughs> that's, that's pretty big. They can vouch for that. <laughs> I don't speak goat, but I, if you, I'll take your word for it. They said he was big, very big. <laughs> so at this point, the media was all over this case. I bet they love this kind of stuff. He had a he had a couple nicknames, but then they they settled on the Genesee River Killer. So I always thought the Genesee beer was the river killer because they took that clean river water and turned it <laughs> fucking something that tastes like piss, but. Not very creative. No. It's just very cut and dry. Like, uh Geographically based. Throws him in the Genesee River. Genesee Killer. That's it. What else like, not, like, I don't know. Today, the huge <laughs> cock uh, prostitute <laughs> slasher killed again. See, now it's got your attention, though, right? It does. You read that headline, you're like, oh, I'm going to read this article. You're like, I don't want that big cock motherfucker <laughs> killing me. I stay indoors tonight. The investigation wasn't really a bad one it, it wasn't anything like the police turned down a help from the fbi or anything like that they seem to be all over it it's not like they were ignoring it or anything right yeah this was like you get with a lot of places right like robert Pickton, they have there was up to like 20 some disappearances and yeah. they were still like at ah, nothing's happening here well in the documentary talked about the police even you know years later when they were interviewed they seemed very invested in it they remembered a lot about the specific details about these victims and stuff. So, yeah. Good job, police. It's well just the parole board. Yeah, inflicted this upon them. Sure. Yeah. They're the fuck-ups. And they story. were the fuck-ups. Sure. The first episode that partially that we talked about with them not following up when he was released and should have gotten counseling per his release yeah, among in the, court. All the other things. And there sure. was no follow-up. I mean, and that's not that's on him as well, but it's just once he's out of prison there's no oversight over him when you have one of the parole mem board members saying this is the most violent man we've ever released you have a psychologist saying he was starting those fires with an intent to kill yeah and he needs this 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 and this and then there was there that was it well let him be oh loophole we don't have to report yeah. anything to the community that's what happens so it's a major systems failure on that end it is before we get to Arthur's next victim, we need to talk about Joanne Nostrom. One night, a little before Thanksgiving 1989, Joanne was approached by a guy named Mitch who wanted to pay her to 69. They agreed on the price and went to a secluded spot. Once there, Mitch noticed that Joanne had a knife on her, and she said that she had heard that the Genesee River killer was picking up girls from her area and she was prepared to die fighting back. At that point, Mitch said, forget the 69ing, and he paid Joanne to just play dead. Joanne went home that night and got high with her boyfriend, and they joked about how she probably just banged the Genesee River killer. 
and she never reported it. Oh my God. Forgot all about it until she saw Arthur Starcross arrested. She knew it. It's weird that like he probably heard her like, you know, saw the knife and, and heard that and was like, all right, yeah, but I can't get off unless you're dead. So can you just play dead? <laughs> right. I wonder how many people pay sex workers to play dead like that. Like, I wonder if that's a really common thing. Mm, I wonder. Or how common it is. I mean, I feel like if you're willing to pay enough, sex workers are, are willing to, you know, depending on what they're comfortable with to, you know, try Probably different Easiest money they make all day, right? Certain. And just lay there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're very. You probably feel very vulnerable in that situation. Like if you're playing dead and, you know, maybe your eyes are closed and you're just laying there limp. But can you just close your eyes or do you have to do something like. Like are they in like, car- like, like cartoon character dead? Like right, X's right. on your eyes or. <laughs> I guess that's all whatever your kink is, right? Yeah. I would have, I would, yeah, I would love to know like. What are some of the craziest, what are some of the craziest requests you've had? What have you said no to? And what, what are the ones that are crazy that like may, may, mm. might've been uncomfortable that, that you agreed to? That'd be fascinating to know. What if we hire someone for the next show to just lay in the corner here dead the whole time we record? Pal, I'll do you one better. We don't <laughs> have to pay them. Declan! <laughs> Go lay there. <laughs> Dave, put some coins on his eyes. <laughs> some coins on his eyes. <laughs> and we'll just have him lay there. He can't move. Can't you move. Don't breathe. Kick don't him in the nuts if he moves. Don't let us see you breathing. Yeah, kick him in the nuts. And if he reacts, kick him again because he's supposed to be dead. <laughs> if you're dead, you can't feel your nuts getting kicked, pal. Newsflash. The only way you'll see him move is if his sister Destiny walks in and you're going to see his pants start to... <laughs> Shuffle and twitch because his <laughs> penis will be getting hard at the sight of his sister and his big hands. <laughs> that fucking guy. Did we fire him? No. <sighs> I know. He does good work on the stickers. I like him. And he runs some of our social medias. You don't like him. Like, he's a disgusting freak. <laughs> but he's a nice boy. Wow. I feel like you know, I, I, we've never actually addressed it. He's also 67 years old. <laughs> but he's our bitch. Sixty-seven. <laughs> Can you imagine? He didn't save enough, and he's on Social Security and <laughs> fixed, fixed income. He's trying to work his way up so he can make a hundred bucks a week, and Mike's resisting paying him. He's, 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 he's eating dog food. Destiny's his hot young sister. She's fifty-five. <laughs> so working at the strip club where I took him. <laughs> nice though you take them to perkins you get the uh the senior discount you get the senior discount on those uh pancakes and sausage links i feel like it'd be 200 bucks to get someone to lay in here for the whole show pretend they're dead why do you want to do that though <laughs> i miss we just did five minutes on what it would be like what do you mean but yeah to, to this is people wanting to bang them you just want someone to banging. why do you want someone to lay their dead? Like just I, to, just, I want to see how long they can do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he did it because he wanted to fuck them. But I was did like, he fuck them though? Yeah, he did. Because right. that's what yeah, she, that's what she that's said. What she but. was she was bragging about. Oh, I might have just fucked uh, yeah. the the Genesee cream ale killer. But I, I wasn't clear if you know when sixty nine is off the table, if fucking is a suitable replacement or not, or if he just cranked one out watching her lay there. 
possibly that too. Right. I guess the what the way it was written is she joked that she might have just banged the killer. Yeah. So I don't know. You take that for what it is. Exactly. All right. So we're gonna pay someone to like we'll call it art though, right? We're gonna see their artistic um their artistic view of how they portray death. Oh, their corpse poses, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can come wearing like corpse paint like Norwegian black metal bands. <laughs> Every half hour, do they do they can they adjust to like a sure. new death position? They do whatever they want. Yeah, we can't be <laughs> well, looking. Well, for two hundred bucks, they're going to do what we want, we not what they want. We can't be looking at them when they move, though. Yeah, like we just have to glance over, and they're in an, another death pose. Like I got to go like this. If they're, <laughs> that would be freaky, actually. If we catch them moving, then we actually get to kill them. I want them like <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll sign paperwork. It's fine. It's all legit. I want them to be like sitting up, but like with rigor mortis, like just and just like all. Stuck and stiff. Flushing this thing out in real time. I like it. <laughs> we went down a real weird path on that one. And for once, it wasn't me that got us there. I just exposed Declan for being a senior citizen. <laughs> so all those victims we talked about in November were finally able to circle back around to November 25th, 1989. That was the day that June Stott's body was found with the evidence that the killer had come back. That was also the same day that Arthur struck again when he killed 29-year-old Elizabeth Gibson. Same thing as the rest. Arthur claimed that she tried to steal his wallet, so he strangled her to death. However, this time, Arthur drove her body out of the county to Wayne County and dumped her face down in a creek near a dirt road. Um, her body was found really quick by some hunters a couple hours later. But Arthur's starting to become aware of, you know, the media, the name Genesee River Killer, trying to throw police off a little bit. Is he liking it? Is he relishing the fact that he has a moniker? He did go back, wasn't it, last week? He went back to the scene of the crime, one of his arsons, to watch. He called the fire department on himself. And and watch, though, right? Or. Or just call. I'm mixing it Mm. up. But he called to kind of get off. It was like a Peter Curtin type. Yeah. I don't know if he talked about this, but he worked in a cheese factory this whole time, right? I thought that's what we had initially said he was at a a store. He was at a produce store, but I think he got fired and... I think he was at a cheese factory. That's just a small tidbit in the documentary. He was working at a cheese factory. You think he was fucking the Swiss? (laughs) (laughs) Anything's possible with this guy. Careful where you buy your Swiss cheese. That's all I'm saying. You don't want a cream pie. You certainly don't when <laughs> you're your trying. Cheese. You're trying to make a turkey sandwich. No. The only cream pie that better be spilling out of that is uh, your mayonnaise, right? <laughs> Dave knows what I'm talking That's about. Exactly He's right. a heavy mayonnaise user. He is a heavy mayonnaise. That is a cream user. pie he will eat all day long. <laughs> Ladies, if you ever find yourself in a 69 situation with Dave, if you ever want to squirt a little mayonnaise around, he's not going to hate it. He's not going to hate it. Extra mayo. <laughs> he's ordering his sex workers because <laughs> now there's probably an app, right? He's special request extra mayo. They're like, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, don't worry, I got a jar of Hellman's here. <laughs> On December fifteenth, nineteen eighty-nine, Arthur murdered thirty-two-year-old Darlene Trippy, and then two days later, he murdered thirty-four-year-old June Cicero. Arthur dumped June's body in Salmon Creek near the dump site of Dorothy Blackburn. He covered her in snow and then disposed of her clothing in a Salvation Army donation box. A couple days later, Arthur went back to June's body and used a small saw 
to cut out her frozen vagina. Arthur said that he just drove around with it in his car for a while. And then after pulling out some of the hairs, he wrapped it in a bar towel and then took some bites off of it, still frozen, like biting into a popsicle oh type my God. thing. Is that better, Dave? It's frozen. It's <laughs> oh, in the sun. That's so vile. The police in that documentary said that June Cicero was the meanest prostitute in Rochester. She was, was like the madam. Everyone knew who she was. She was. So like you, you go to her if you want like to get like dominated type thing. Or like she was just like a badass, like you like don't a fuck badass. With her. Don't fuck with June. Everyone knew who she was. I think they said she had been out there for fifteen years working the streets. So. Wow, and that's one of the reasons that they knew that um, it confirmed it even more for police that this guy was a regular. It wasn't some f- some really creepy guy they weren't looking for. They were looking for a regular. Because he caught June off guard. Right. She would not have gotten into the car with someone she didn't trust. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know about him taking bites out of her frozen vagina or not, but he did for real cut it out. Like that is for real because it was missing and there were weird orange specks all over the ground at the crime scene. And police said it was pretty much human sawdust because it was frozen it just the bones yeah and the skin it like yeah yeah it's uh, the organs everything oh my goodness it's really hard to visualize this sort of stuff you know i i couldn't visualize yeah. it like I, it's just it's very like what does we, a vagina look like in your hand in a towel when you cut it out of someone like that's not like the way he something your brain can't process properly yeah i mean you're holding your hands up there like you're envisioning it in your hands <laughs> no i'm saying pervert. like he <laughs> he's thought about this hasn't he <laughs> fuck he's done this Christ. before oh pervert. man <laughs> what are we feeling <laughs> He like disgust. <laughs> Zach, we're feeling disgust. Notice Dave did not play your I am not hard in the slightest clip because that would be a lie. <laughs> I think you might be slightly hard right now. <laughs> Declan, come check. No, leave your walker there. Fucking idiot. Get over here. It's not my fault you make poor choices. Should have waited till full retirement age, asshole. Yeah, get in here. Check Ian's dick. Is that hard? Those leathery old hands. All those sunspots. Arthur said bone and all. So I'm assuming. It's like a whole pelvis almost. Yeah, like he like cored out a whole section and just took it with him. I don't even know. No words. Arthur's last victim was 20-year-old Felicia Stevens. He murdered her on December 28th, 1989. And she was Arthur's only black victim. The diner that Arthur loved to go to was also a place where police went, and Arthur was able to overhear their conversations. Ed Kemper-esque. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Look at Mike did a remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a a mom response to like when you're trying to do the dishes and I won't stop talking. He was like, yeah, that's that's great for you. (laughs) Fuck along, I'm trying to do the dishes. Glad you learned that, honey. We're going to move on now. He noticed the fact that all his victims were white was a clue. So he says that he murdered Felicia to throw them off. 
I don't know. There's there were a lot of um, black sex workers that were went missing and killed at the time. So maybe he's full of shit. And there's other victims out there that he never owned up to. Yeah, there's one woman named Kimberly Logan that gets attributed to him, but she's not an official victim. He says he never killed her, but he admitted to everything else. So I don't know. Maybe just because he'd like to say this little bit here to make himself look smart, you know? Maybe. If he admitted to those other ones, it kind of blows a hole in that theory. And Arthur encountered Felicia while stopped at a red light in downtown Rochester. According to him, Felicia stuck her head in his open passenger side window, and he closed the window on her, catching her throat. Basically, she was yelling for him like, hey, you want to hook up? And she stuck her whole head into his car. There must not have been anyone around to see this then. That's what actually happened. Or in this area, if you're just used to like domestic disturbances, you just pay it no attention. Yeah, I guess. There were some things going on in uh, Anthony Soul. There were some things that where people turned a blind eye. And Didn't the one lady run up to cops who were sitting in a restaurant? And she was like, this guy just beat my ass. Yeah. And they they were like, ah. Yeah, they told her she had to go down to the station to follow a report. So people, yeah. I could see somebody seeing this playing out and be like, nah, I'm going to just walk away. That's a good point. Not get involved in this. She started screaming. So Arthur grabbed her head with both hands and pulled her into the car through the window and choked her to death. Then he dumped her body close to where June Cicero was dumped is really bold just to strangle her in the middle of the street like that it certainly is felicia was reported missing and police jumped which this is probably the only time in history we'll talk about police jumping for a black sex worker because they almost immediately threw a helicopter up in the air on january 3rd 1990 as the helicopter was flying overhead arthur shawcross was going back to june cicero's body After Arthur had cut out her vagina from the last time he went to her body, he rolled her into the water, but not very deep. She was still kind of on shore. Arthur parked his car, which is actually Clara's borrowed car, but he parked the car and looked over the bridge. Down below was June's body, frozen in the ice, but clearly visible. Arthur says that he was pissing off the bridge, but in that moment, with at minimum his fly unzipped, the helicopter spotted Arthur than the outline of June's body. Well, that's some bad luck, huh? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The helicopter crew called in two patrol cars to follow the car, which they followed it to the Wedgwood adult home where Rose worked, and they watched Arthur go in. Hey, the cops just saw me buy a body with a helicopter. Let me drive to my wife's place of employment (laughs) and hide out there. Okay. Police went in and asked about the man who just went in and they were told that he went down to the basement. The police approached Arthur in the basement and asked him to step outside to answer some questions. When asked why he had been at Salmon Creek, Arthur said that he had been out driving and stopped to take a piss, but when he saw the helicopter, he decided to sit in his car and piss in a bottle instead. Just like Dwight. Cut yourself, cut your penis you be on the can, though. <laughs> I recommend, like, a Gatorade bottle. It's, you know, plastic. It's a lot easier, yeah. Sharp, yeah. Also, people with bigger dicks, it's bigger than a can, right? Come on. The can hole's pretty small. Yeah, it's tough to do. It's almost impossible for 
some of us in the big dick club. <laughs> What's the uh Big Johnson? The big jo- the is it Big Johnson? Long Johnson? I think it's the big, big the Big Johnson, Johnson from uh, Curb. <laughs> there's a Big Johnson club. Yeah, there's a Big Johnson club. <laughs> he meet at Larry's house when he's out of town. Ian's like, all right. He's I like, I it. love Seinfeld. <laughs> it's a great show. Police didn't have to push hard for Arthur to admit to what he had done. He tried to make up some stories that he never paid for sex, stuff like that. But once he started getting questioned about the child murders of Jack Blake and Karen Hill, Arthur confessed and photo ID'd his victims. Arthur then took police to each of the dump sites, which lasted the whole night. Between the questioning and driving around, it was like a 12-hour process. Jeez. I think... Yeah, once they look up his patch, like, oh, yeah, you're our guy for sure. Not only were you standing on the bridge right above the body. (laughs) (laughs) There's no doubt in their minds at that point. In November of 1990, Arthur went on trial for the murders, and he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. A forensic psychiatrist testified that Arthur had brain damage, multiple personality disorder, PTSD from war, and was sexually abused as a child. This psychiatrist, in my opinion, seems like fell for Arthur's bullshit because the PTSD war claims are just not real if you go off what the FBI and mm-hmm. everyone in law enforcement says. He was all about it. They put him under hypnosis. There's the videos of him like reliving, like, like my mom, why are you touching your penis, Arthur? Oh, my mom's touching it and stuff. And they bought all of it. But he, it to me, it looks fake. The, the hypnosis looks mm. fake with him, you know, touching himself and whatever. Well, hypnosis will work, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is that so? That's another thing that was BS, though, right? Because he wasn't actually abused. So they're just basing it on that, or at least from we don't really have any hard evidence that he was abused as a child. Right. He said so. Everyone else around him as a kid said that didn't happen. The right. DA so, said during the trial, his mom called the DA and is like, why is he saying this stuff about me? This never happened. But they're, so they're basing that off, or the psychiatrist might be basing it off of the hypnosis session that he had, which he might have been just working them on. There's other doctors on that documentary that talk about it, and they believe what he says, too. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand why, what he did to fool these people. So much so that Robert Ressler from the FBI, the the mind hunter guy, yeah. he came out and he personally looked into Arthur's war claims in Vietnam and stuff. He said it's not real. None of it is real. Easily provable, it seems. Yeah, so I don't understand why doctors mm. would fall for his shit. Yeah. But if doctors are falling for it, so to speak... Could there not have maybe been something, maybe not the PTSD from war, although maybe just being even going over to war might cause some trauma, not compared to people. You know, I understand it gets it gets serious, but maybe there was some issues of that and maybe there was abuse that we don't know about. I don't know. I'm just asking from the other side of yeah, things. Yeah, it's not like, impossible. Like if it's doctors just... are getting fooled, who are we to say, no, they were obviously wrong. Well, Mike, we're podcast hosts, so of course. Yeah, we know more. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for four years. What have they been doing? <laughs> Reading books? Getting doctorates? Fucking, <laughs> fucking PhDs? Yeah. Get out of here with that bullshit. Nerds. I hate nerds. <laughs> that woman's wild, too, because she diagnosed him with multiple personality disorder. Mm. There's... 
people, there's doctors that debate if that's even real or not completely. That's a good point. He had previously been diagnosed with schizoid personality. Last week we talked about that was yeah. what the psychologist diagnosed him with. They were trying to say that it was the intersection of a lot of things, like the head injuries and the PTSD and the sexual abuse, and these all kind of played a part in, in causing this. But do I don't we know. Were some that of that it real? Play a Probably part? the I head injuries it, was real. I think some of this did play. And this is not me saying that he he uh, he should he should have been. Um, they shouldn't have went for insanity, but maybe that did play a part. There was a lot. Maybe it did. There is a lot there that it could possibly be other than just being also, you know, maybe a piece of shit. Uh, again, you're never going to know a hundred percent, but I think the PTSD, the, the stories about killing people in Vietnam is easily proved wrong Yeah, where he can't remember a single person he knew in Vietnam's name or anything. Could but, any of that be tied back to the schizoid personality that he was diagnosed with previously i don't know i don't know and because i don't believe it none of us do i mean if if they you could easily find out whether he was in combat or not and clearly he wasn't right just Again, on the I, face of it i feel like i'm trying to make to be making things up i don't know yeah well I'm and, and i'm not trying to make excuses for him this whole story was filled with him making things up and about you know coming up with excuses for himself so but just when there's when there's psychiatrists and psychologists all giving these these diagnoses and these reasons, it's it's hard just to ignore that and say, oh, no, they're, they're clearly wrong. It is, but we've seen them played before in other stories, I think. When someone learns how to work the system and what answers they're looking for. and Maybe so. Ed Kemper was able to do that. Ed Kemper, exactly. He Ed just Kemper was, studied those tests, you know. But Ed Kemper also was, like, what? Like a legitimate genius, wasn't he? Like, he was a super smart, high yeah. IQ guy. Yeah. Arthur was just a, you know, high dick inches guy, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> a high dick inches guy. There you go. He had the, uh, like you said, Dave, he really did have head injuries. And it was also found afterwards that Arthur had a cyst pressing on the temporal lobe of his brain, as well as scarring on his frontal lobes. Those are the areas that are responsible for decision making and self-control. And that's, that yeah. seems to be a common theme. I mean, most of these guys have been hit in the head and have damage to that frontal lobe. Yeah, maybe that's enough right there. Maybe the other stuff doesn't, what doesn't even matter. Maybe that right there is enough. Yeah. It's part of the recipe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, it took a jury six and a half hours to return a unanimous guilty verdict. And Arthur was sentenced to a total of 250 years in prison. On November 10th, 2008, Arthur was claiming about some leg pains. He was taken to Albany Medical Center where he went into cardiac arrest and he died at 63 years old. <laughs> His interview is a really famous one. You can find that on YouTube. Been like, Is that the, the, the link you sent us in the picture? Yeah. Where he fucking, his entire head is the same shape. <laughs> it's really weird looking. It's a very weird shape, Dad. And he blinks the whole time. Like, weird. It almost looks like he's doing Morse code. Like, if he was a POW in a foreign country being held and he was trying to do Morse code back to someone here. That's yeah, what it looks like. The blinking is so weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Whatever became of the wife, the pen pal wife? Like, were they still married technically when he went to prison? Yeah. 
Yeah, did she know about any of this? He was fucking everything in town. Clara started raising some questions. Yeah, he had her car out there killing all these people. Well, one of his victims, one of his final victims towards the end there, they struggled and ended up breaking the gear shift in the car. Mm. So he had to explain that to Clara, and she was kind of like, uh Maybe there's something fishy going on a little bit. Hmm. I, won't call, I won't call police or anything. No, though. not enough to call the <laughs> no, police. No, I won't say anything. Hmm. He won't talk about the kids in, in Watertown or anything that happened there. He's emphatic. We'll not discuss it. I like that the interviewer pushed it, though. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he got up at the end and left because he was mad about yeah. it. Well, and the cops, which I think this is probably right, feel like he can't come up with any excuse for the kids. Like he can say, you know, they tried to rob me. They did this. They bit my penis. They did that. And that's my excuse to kill them. But what are you possibly going to say that a, a nine-year-old did to you that forced you to kill them? So he can't come up with a reason or rationale for doing that. So he won't discuss that, which seems right. It makes sense. He would have to admit that he is just a complete piece of shit. Right. Most of those guys, most of the guys don't want to do that. Richard Ramirez killed a 12 year old girl Mm -hmm. early on. Won't talk, wouldn't talk about it ever. Ted Bundy killed a 12 year old girl at the very end when he was in that kind of spree mode. As far as I know, he didn't talk about her, wouldn't talk about that murder. And then Arthur's daughter, his long lost daughter looked him up and comes and visits him with her kids and stuff. She loves it. Yeah. She thinks he's great. She's wacky as he is. Mm Mm-hmm. That's scary. She's like, yeah, my older kids know what he did. Uh, the younger kids don't. Uh, okay. Cool. So, so by all means, bring him around. She's like, he's great. Yeah, there's a picture of them online. Yeah, like, yeah. See, That was a long time ago. And <laughs> Okay. It wasn't that long yeah. ago. Well, he got his other pen pal after he had went to prison for his serial killings. And that guy published a book. Can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I didn't want I didn't want to give this guy any money. Yeah, because it's like it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of gross. It is, but he published a bunch of bunch of it. And Arthur Shawcross talks about his granddaughter in the in those letters. Really gross, like sexually talks about her. Really, mm-hmm. so that that lady that or his daughter. It's like why do you why are you proud that he's your dad? Mm. Bring your kids around. I don't know. There's not really anything all that interesting. The only interesting thing about this guy is that they let him out of fucking prison for some unknown reason and allowed him to do all this. They That's let it. Him out There's of nothing prison. else interesting about him. They let him out early. He got charged with manslaughter. One of the parole board members was like, this is a violent, dangerous person. Yeah. The psychologist was like, this is a violent person who needs a lot of help. None of which happened. Yeah, like, what do you think's going to happen? That's it. The, the system allowed this to happen. It's interesting how he got caught. The fact that the helicopter flew over while hey, he was back it at the is, body. It's very Good lucky. police work. Yeah, Good police very work. Lucky. But if they're keeping that helicopter out there all the time, and it seemed like they were, it is lucky, but that's also good by good on them. They were diligent with their, their look, their search, right? Yeah. And following him and getting a, a helicopter out there. But that's very specific timing for him to have been standing right there when it flew over. Like, that's very lucky. Yeah. But that's what I mean. So 
But did they just have a helicopter? Like it just took the off. Area? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got really lucky with it. And that's so why. So how easy could it have been just to say, oh, we're not going to do that tonight. Let's do it again in the daytime. They yeah, happened to absolutely. do it right then at night. And good on them for doing that. Yeah. And that's why that detective that initially talked to him knew that he he was the Genesee killer. Yeah, there was no the way. Yeah. Of course. Like, what are the chances None. that you're not? And then when they ran his, like, oh, he just got out of prison for killing two kids. Yeah. Then it's without a doubt. Yeah, I don't know. Just a typical run-of-the-mill scumbag. It, there's just, I know we talked about it in part one. There's no redeemable quality about him. There's not a single good thing that you can say about him. No, like he's a person that didn't need to exist and the world doesn't need and should have been killed a long time ago. Ted Bundy's intelligent, charming. Those aren't redeemable qualities, but it's a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I can't think of one positive thing to say about Arthur Shawcross. This guy's just worthless. Serves no purpose to humanity. Yeah, there's not a lot of good things to say about him. I still think there's a lot of doctors saying there's a, there's issues that were not addressed that make me uncomfortable with just saying he's worthless and should have just been killed. If there's head injuries. If there's some mental health issues that were not addressed. Yeah. Yeah. There's more in this one than I think maybe other ones we've discussed with at least actual doctors saying there's issue. I mean, we talk about head injuries every episode, but I don't know if those are ever diagnosed or if those are just, oh, th- that this happened. I don't recall. But there's a lot that happened to this guy. And I'm not justifying anything he did, but just for me to to be okay with saying, eh, send him away. Yeah, I understand. I get that. I have a question. 250 years in prison is not bad. I don't mind that sentence. Finally, an appropriate sentence that no one was going to fucking parole. Right. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of serial killers around rivers should rivers be banned yes or no <laughs> i am pro the banning of rivers i thought you might be and we should turn them in the creeks just call them creeks no they should be made smaller like to winnow fit. down to become yeah. creeks yeah. <laughs> and um, on the, the new land we're going to gain is maybe where we make all the sexual predators live. <laughs> they can't fit in the community, right? That's right. Put them on the on the by the creeks. Reclaimed Riverland <laughs> is now for sexual predatorville. Mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Well, yeah, what do they do there? Are there things set up for pedophiles and stuff to live? There, Seems like there should be like an apartment building or something. You there just, are some halfway houses are there? and things. I but think even is. halfway houses, aren't those meant to be like halfway houses, like readjusting you to yeah, society? I, I don't know where they go once you. I, I think the idea is you go back living a normal society. Life. Yeah, but it, if you're in not, that neighborhood, it's, you know. I don't understand that. I mean, you can't lock people up, I guess. Laws are laws, but. I don't think you're not going to get better from that. If you're, if you're sexually attracted to something, you're sexually attracted to something, at least in my opinion, it's not going to go away. Right. You're not going to stop being a pedophile. Yeah. I don't think it's a horrible idea to start having discussions about like apartment complexes that are set up maybe a little bit on the outskirts of a town that are just housing for people with 
sexual predator tendencies yeah. or child, uh, you know, predators. Much like Casey's, uh, Casey Anthony's big round ass. I could get behind that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and maybe they don't have to pay to live there. Like maybe it's just we're going to move or maybe that you do. I mean, that's a whole different. It's a conversation that maybe should be had, but they can live out there away from society a little bit. And yeah, I don't think that's, there's no that, good. Answer, I don't think that's yeah. a bad conversation to at least have or to look into. Some of them might even say, yeah, I want that. I want to get away. Cause I don't want to be persecuted mm-hmm. for living in a town and having to feel shame every time I go to a, you know, walk outside to check my mail or tempted by seeing a little kid. Right. Exactly. And, and keeps the community safe. That keeps the people happy. And if you're going to get out of prison and be free, then maybe that is the life then that you're going to live. You're maybe you should, free, but maybe, you live out yeah, there. Yeah, maybe you should put that project together. Like you can be like the mayor of Pedoville, and you can you can, <laughs> you can run the sheriff, place. sheriff, the sheriff, sheriff, sheriff Pedo, Pedoville. <laughs> I don't think that is a horrible conversation. That it's absolutely not. Nobody wants them in their neighborhood. Fuck no. And you probably could raise enough funds from within the community. Be like, yeah, oh yeah, we'll fucking pay more taxes for that. Build that apartment complex ten miles out of town, fifteen miles out of town. Throw a wall around it too. Well, now we're talking prison, so <laughs> you might as well keep them in prison at that point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the, it's it's something that sounds good, but the logistics around that, you know, I understand. You still have to shop at your grocery store, like it's. But how? I, but it, when you go to a gro- if a if a Nowadays, if a if a child sexual predator goes to a grocery store, it doesn't have to be announced or anything. They just get in, they get out. What's upsetting people is that they now know that they're living in their community. I don't know if people will mind if it's if they're if they know they'll have the peace of mind that that person's fifteen, and then it makes it easier yeah. for parole officers, one stop shop a day, go out to that apartment complex. Everyone should be there if they're supposed to be checking in. If they're supposed to be again, yeah. They're not in prison, but whatever you're set up on your parole or your terms of being released, you go there and you check in and you make sure everything's hunky-dory. And then at least from the system side of things, you can say, I've been checking in with this person every day. So then if something does happen, we're not going to sit here and blame the the system. But do you have to stay there? Do you just have to live there? Are you allowed to go out to the bars? Again, in like my, a lot in of my conversation, you are a free person. Yeah, You're just not living in directly in the community. Eh which I think was the issue with this. I don't think these Rochester people were going up in arms when he left. They just didn't want him living there, right? Like when yeah. he when he left town, they were like, "All right, good, we got him out." I mean, yeah, I mean that doesn't like these people probably would still have to realize, "Oh, he might still be at your grocery store. He's just not living down the road." Or in the red light district picking up, you right. know, sex worker. I, I don't know. It, it's I think it's probably something that sounds a lot easier on paper. It's a discussion I'm that, sure it, that it might be. But the idea is these people are actually free now. So they, they should absolutely be allowed to live that way if that's what the courts dictated. Maybe just having a place for them outside of town would be the best case scenario for them, for the the people of the community to feel better. Yeah, I don't know. They're not getting harassed every day. The people in the community feel maybe feel safer because they're outside of town. And again, it's a it's one place where parole officers can maybe then go check on them. Yeah, I don't know. Or we could just kill them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just kill them. <laughs> 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 I 
I'm just throwing ideas out. <laughs> I don't do that whole rehabilitation stuff from that. That doesn't seem real to me. I don't know. But no one said rehabilitation. No, I if know. The court, but that's a big If they're argument. just allowed to be free, then then that's it. You know, there's and also not- some people that get tagged with that sexual predator registering that were pissing in a park it's because true. they had to go too. So there's just so many variables with this discussion that makes. And there's that website you can look at, that neighborhood watchdog site, and it'll mm. give you like a whole list of what people have done and who's living in your neighborhood, your general area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. questions without answers sometimes. But mm-hmm. rest in piss, already Shawcross. Yeah, fucking piece of garbage. All right, I don't. We got anything else? I think I'm good on this guy. Yeah. Well, okay then. Uh, let's go to Patreon. Thank you to new patrons, Anita Dickin, my ass. Can you imagine what her parents were thinking? <laughs> Tori McEwing, Evan Rodriguez, Dalton, Lindsey Ray, Muffucking Sampson, Crawls, Rumbled Foreskin, Justin Cribley, Alyssa Humbard, Ixelzies, Brandon Villarreal, Daniel, Joey Salway, Katie Walsh, Will Bryan, Cassandra, Maddie Keener, Nato, Mike's BTK photo shoot, link sub now. Is that out there? What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) I thought maybe you took secret photos and didn't share them. Can you imagine if those actually existed? I just never told you guys. You're like, oh, yeah, I did. I forgot to tell you guys. Oops. (laughs) I sold them to this guy. Yeah. Penthouse. <laughs> Playgirl. <laughs> why, why aren't you selling the hustle? We would have paid you a half a million dollars. <laughs> you can afford me, Mr. Flint. <laughs> Cynthia Schwenk. My Dixie wrecked. Can you imagine what her parents were thinking? <laughs> what is wrong with Dixie's parents? <laughs> Sarah Jorgensen. Shannon Stevie. Kevin Maxwell. Christopher Griffin. Fluttershy Fury, Mike Cucked My Butt, Jonathan Ruiz. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Cucked your butt. <laughs> Kaylee Kruger, Ray and Gatewell, Andrew Quirk, Ken Steinert, Northern Arizona Candle Company Loves Necronomapod. How about that? Candle Company Loves Us. I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show, but I am a huge candle fan. Are you? I find them very relaxing, especially yeah. when I have like anxiety going on. I like candles. I keep one in my office and at night, like if I'm reading or something, put a candle on. Big fan. Right. So I'm a big fan of you, Arizona Candle Company. How about that? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You haven't sent us any products, but <laughs> I probably would be a big fan. Come on, baby. Light his fire. <laughs> Hayden K, Andreas Landauer, Dr. Boner Donor, <laughs> Stephanie Leapley, Sam Myers, Jenna Hopper, Shelby Rose, Jacob Ciampaglia, Morgan, Tony Archer, Mans Mon, Christina Green, Richard Perez, Jim Kominsky, Mike Doherty, Ashley, Dustin Holloway, Steve G. Hey, y'all, it's Jen, Amber Douse, and Donna Stamper. Thank you so much for your support, new patrons. 
Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Trash Pandas Love Ian. <laughs> uh, Sophia the Cineast, which we struck a chord with Bad Bunny fans from last week. Yeah, we heard a lot oh of Bad Bunny. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you and I didn't know we who didn't he was. We didn't shit on him. We just uh, didn't know who he was. Well, I saw one saying Bad Bunny is a whatever rapper, not he's a, a Puerto, DJ. He's a Puerto Rican, I believe Puerto Rican, right? Rapper, maybe. Yeah, not a DJ. Uh, oh, you you said DJ, how, pal. Why? I don't know. I'm I, just saying. I can tell how white you guys are. Look, not sure that's called for. It's not. I didn't know who the fuck he was. We talk about hip hop all the time on this show just because we don't know who fucking Bad Bunny is. We didn't shit on him. We just didn't know who he was. I, we were watching that WrestleMania together, I believe. The I tag believe, match last year. Yeah, because we both were like, who the fuck is Bad Bunny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now he actually has a one-on-one match scheduled for the next pay-per-view. I know. Oh, you guys are so Caucasian. You know who Bad Bunny is? <laughs> yeah. Nope. What the fuck's wrong with you? Sure don't. I thought. I honestly thought when they were saying that he was the most downloaded artist of all time and stuff, that it was like Vince Kayfabe in numbers. <laughs> Wait, he's the most downloaded of all time? On Spotify. On Spotify, yeah. On Spotify, okay, Makes but that's a what, little better. But that's what I, when they said that, I was like, "Oh, that's like kayfabe shit." They're like, like f- fluffing those numbers. Yeah, like how up. Vince always, yeah. you know, makes sure, sure to point out the audience. Yeah, but well, good for him. I just didn't know who the fuck he was. I'm not sorry about that. Like, I just didn't know who he was. He might be great. Yeah, no one maligned him. Yeah, I just didn't know who he was. Like, I know a Cardi B Bad Bunny song. I think. But if you're not sure Maybe, about it, it sounds like. <laughs> not, not going to listen to him. Though. If that offended you, I am not sorry in the slightest because <laughs> I wasn't making fun of him. I just didn't know who he was. Well, I don't think Sophia the Cineast was offended. Okay, good. She's just a fan of Bad Bunny and was kind of shocked that we didn't know who he was. Well, I'm sorry, Sophia the Cine- Sinister, Cinecist? Cineast. Cineast. Um, now I know who he is, though. Are you going to listen to him this week? No. Not even a little bit. <laughs> but I will admit, in that one WrestleMania match he had, he was good. There you go. He did what he needed to do, and we'll see him. He's fighting. Uh, he, has, he has a match on an upcoming pay-per-view. Yeah. And he held his own. Like I You didn't him. watch it and be like, oh, this is one of those celebrities coming in who's going to pretend to know how to do a wrestling match. He looked all right. I saw a clip from him the other night. He was on Raw, I believe. And Damian Priest put him through a table. That's who he's and wrestling. Fucking threw him hard. Like he, nice. he took it through the table. Like the choke slam, right? Yeah. yeah. But you could tell. I don't know if maybe Damian Priest wasn't prepared for how light Bad Bunny was or something because he fucking sent him flying <laughs> through that table. I think they're buddies though too in real life because oh, really? that tag match they were partners. Oh, okay. At that WrestleMania, yeah. like so they've worked together, and now they're the ones who are going to be fighting at the the pay per view. So I think that they're buddies, you know, for a shoot and get along. And uh, I will not be listening to him, but I will be watching his upcoming <laughs> pay-per-view match. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I have is for Sir J.P. Bear. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what do you got? I've got uh, one international shout-out. Thank you to Gia201077 from Great Britain. Thank you for the kind review. Oh, yeah. That's all I got. All right. We good? Anything else? No, I think I'm good. Check out those stickers on necronompod.com if you want some. Get them while they last. People are excited. They want sticks. Won't last forever.
All right, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the top tick at Necronomapod, Necronomapod.com. You can get stickers, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod for all of our latest merch, and Patreon.com for all of the bonus content. That's three episodes a month at the $5 level, a fourth bonus show at the $10 level. We have some good stuff coming up uh, at the $10 level. Um. Yeah. Thanks. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>